Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. You know, I, I am. I mean, I, I am very aggressive, very angry. I don't like to have, I don't like to win. I like to win so much that I don't even want anyone else to survive. So I, I you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to be number one and oh, these guys are number two. Like I want it to be like, we're number one and there's not even a single person who can get into the market now. Like that's how, like, that's how aggressive I am. That's Jamie Siminoff, CEO of Ring on today's Smart Home Show. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. That was Jamie Simonoff. You heard at the beginning of the podcast, the CEO of Ring, makers of video doorbells and other products. We had Jamie on the show before, back when they were called Doorbot. But since then, they changed their name and have seen their sales take off. If you go to Amazon and look at the video doorbell category, uh, they're selling the most by far. I've talked about how fast this market is growing. Certainly probably one of the most interesting categories in 2016, as well as 2015. And part of the reason for their success, obviously, is Jamie's a pretty competitive guy, as you heard. They showed up on Shark Tank, as we talked about before, but we get an update on that. He ran into Damon, talks about that. I actually think it's interesting, if you look at the Shark Tank guys, they haven't done very well uh, with regards to judging smart home talent. They they missed on Jamie. They missed on Phil Dumas over at Unikey, which also showed up there as well. And those two companies are doing extremely well in both their categories. Lots of stuff going on at Smart Home. I hope to have a podcast this coming week, catching up on the different news items. There's a lot to talk about, folks, so I want you to come back. Stay tuned for that. If you want to catch up on more Smart Home shows, just go to thesmarthomeshow.com. That'll take you to technology.fm. You can also find us in the, the normal podcast spaces as well. If you have some ideas for shows or things you want us to talk about on the Smart Home Show, just reach out to me on Twitter. Just go to Michael Wolf on Twitter. You'll find me there. All right, folks, that's it for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, well, I'm super excited to have Jamie Simonoff, the CEO of Ring, on the show today. How are you doing, Jamie? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you on uh, because you guys got a lot going on. And uh, I was just looking at Amazon like last week, and you guys are killing it on Amazon. I think you are selling a ton of doorbells. You have like 8,000 reviews or something. Like my rough barometer for how many people are selling reviews, you guys got a lot of them. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I mean, I always say, you know, everyone, people kind of ask you about this thing called like an NPS score, which is a net promoter score. And there's all these ways that people judge businesses. And to me, Amazon has actually done something that not a lot of people realize, which is they've made your business public. Um, if you look, there's all sorts of metrics that you can see on my product compared to other things in Amazon on our page that, you know, I can't do anything about. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if you look at between reviews and everything else, you can really do, it's a, it's kind of like I can't I can't BS my way out of yeah. or into you know yeah. a big company like you either are or you're not. It's Amazon's world and we're just living in it at this point because if you especially if you make a connected product like you pretty much have to sell it through there because they do so much volume and like you said like there are numbers there that are they're showing everyone you can't hide <laughs> so yeah and and that's you know that's I mean interesting not to go too far off topic on Amazon yeah, yeah. but it is interesting kind of why they do that, how they've done it. And, and I think you're right. I think we are living in Amazon's world. I think they're one of the most powerful companies in the world now. And I, and I think that they have, they're very interesting as a company. 
Well, let's talk about your story. We've talked before on the podcast. It's been a long time, and I think yep. we've we've probably caught up. Uh, we talked back then about the Shark Tank, and I think <laughs> I think Jamie actually when we talked last time, you were Doorbot still. Uh, oh my god, that's, yeah, that's uh, that's and, a long time ago. And you are now Ring. So people who don't know this, Jamie, at the time you were on Shark Tank, which I think was in 2013, you, you came on the show. You pitched yep. a video doorbell. It was called Doorbot. The company's Doorbot. And since then, when you changed your name to Ring, I think what 2014. Two, uh, 2000, yeah, October of 2014, we changed to Ring. And talk about that name change, because name change, because in my mind, as I as I remember it, you guys broadened the vision a little bit, and and I think you know this idea of Ring as security, you you wanted to become more of a security company. Uh, so talk about what was the reasoning there. So yeah, I think I, the interesting, thing, I, we always wanted to be, uh, you know, when we when we when I created Doorbot, it was really this kind of. Um, you, you know, we were in a garage and I was building it and, and, you know, we didn't know where it was going to go and it was a few people. And so the name Doorbot kind of fit what we wanted, which was like, let's just build a product. And we always had kind of a slightly bigger vision, but we were just very small. And then as things started to do really well with Doorbot and we saw that there was a, just a much more of an opportunity and that we were really making a difference and we have this mission around uh, reducing crime in neighborhoods and this whole ring of security that was a big part of the branding change. The other change was internally in the company, we rebuilt the entire, I mean, we literally rebuilt the entire company from every single aspect of it. Uh, the back end stuff, the front end, the way we process our videos, the actual product itself. So it was really a, a it was kind of like version two of the company, not just a rebrand. Yeah, and so you guys have we'll talk we'll get into the products, but I think you know you had those original doorbots out there. You have Ring, and then you also came out the the, the Ring Pro. So is technically the Ring Pro like the three point uh, I I'd actually kind of call it a one and now another line. So it's, okay. it's I look at us as like almost like a car manufacturer where you have you know you have your your three series, and now this is the five series, got it. The seven series. So so yeah, it's, it's actually not a. I mean, it's a, it's obviously a new version, but it's it's different. I mean, the the current Ring Video doorbell, I just you know, which is which is called Ring Video doorbell. It's a dual powered unit, has a big battery in it, um, and so you know, it's and it's a hundred ninety nine dollar price point. The Pro, we were able to put a little more stuff in there, a little higher end camera chips. Uh, it's powered, so it's it doesn't so it requires some install or more install, and so it's just a different kind of different unit. And, you know, as we get bigger, we want to attack the market from all angles we want to, you know, we want to be able to sort of uh, get all the, you know, sort of, you know, really satisfy all the customers needs, not just sort of one segment of our customers. You guys had a big announcement, I think in March uh, of the funding is a series C 61, 60 million, 60 something million dollars. Yeah. At the same time, you announced, you announced the ring pro with that funding. What, what is the intention of what you guys, what do you guys plan to do with that? And how do you plan to expand the vision? So, you know, our vision is around reducing crime in neighborhoods, and we're really fortunate that we were able to have a, um, you know, an investor in Kleiner Perkins come in who really believed in that. And, you know, it's, I'd say that the additional money doesn't really have us do anything differently other than maybe slightly faster. Um, and, you know, we can create a bigger impact sooner. But I'd say, you know, the company's plans have been pretty consistent now of what we want to do. And, we kind of have a 10 or 15 year vision um, and you can't actually money itself doesn't just accelerate you. So I, I think that's kind of a thing that's become actually a problem, which is, 
you know, people have these big visions, they get a lot of money and they try to do it all at once. And I think there is a time is a, is another thing that you have to respect and you can't just do everything at once. And so, so really it'll help us with time a little bit, but the reality is we still have a long, long road ahead to get to where we want to go to. You know, it's an interesting couple months because I mean, there's been talk about, uh, I guess a slowdown in IOT funding from a venture camp capital standpoint and smart homes kind of taking its knocks. But I think what we're seeing kind of is a, a little bit of a fight to quality. Um, cause you know, you guys got the funding and then last this week, you probably noticed, uh, the Vivint news, they got a hundred, hundred million or so investment. So smart home, I think at least some of the companies that have established themselves and showed a track record are getting money. Uh, and so you guys have kind of uh, set yourself apart a little bit as kind of like the leader at this point in the video doorbell space. Uh, they've done well and I think managed smart home. How would you kind of characterize what's happening there? Yeah, I just think, I think good companies, I think good companies do well in all markets and companies that, you know, solve a real problem for real consumers um, that is not hypey and is long-term, I think will always do well. And I think Vivint, you know, they'll probably become a competitor. I don't know. Uh, right now, they're kind of in a different tangential space to us. Um, but I think they're a good company in terms of I think they've built on real fundamentals and, and real ways of working. I think we've done the same. And I think where people have had trouble is the people that kind of try to jump on the smart home and build these companies where, again, go to Amazon and look at some of these companies that have raised 30, 40, 50 million dollars and look at their sales on Amazon. And you'll be like, holy crap, like they're not selling at all. And so I think in the end, like, when the markets were really good, they were able to sort of defy gravity and get more money than they probably should have. And now reality's hitting where, you know, no one's going to put money into a crappy company regardless of the space. And I think, and I think a lot of these people that built in the hardware space just didn't focus on building real companies. You said they're, they might be coming. Well, they are a competitor, aren't they? They do a video doorbell and they might be like that second in the market to you guys at this point. Yeah. It, but, they, but they sell very, di- they sell very differently. Um, you know, it's, it's a very, so we don't really run into them. Um, I mean, I I guess, yeah, technically I guess they are. And you're you're right. They're selling to their customers within their subscriber base. Exactly. And so, and, and really, again, I mean, it's, I'm sure with how big we are, I'm sure we will run into them and we probably do. Um, it's also, if you think about it, like they announced a hundred thousand, we're way, you know, we're, we're definitely bigger. I'm not, you know, we don't tell how much, um, you know, but really, look at how many doors there are out there. I mean, a hundred thousand is, and I'm not saying they're small. I'm just saying it's nothing compared to the number of doors that are out in the world. So, I think for right now, I think if they're the number two and we're the number one, I think there's still a lot of room left to go. Uh, we obviously like to win, and we're pretty aggressive, so we're not going to just sort of, you know, take that and and uh, be quiet. But yeah, I think it's 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 uh, it is kind of interesting from that side. Yeah, I think Skybell may be actually number two. Um, you guys obviously, if just ju- if you use Amazon's ratings as an analog or kind of a barometer, you know, you guys clearly are number one. They're probably number two, but they uh, uh, when you look at Vivint, they obviously have a limited universe because you have to sell into their subscriber base. You're not just selling the doorbell to anyone on Amazon. You guys, exactly. you guys have less friction from a sales perspective. Uh, but if you look at like uh, other competitors, I mean, clearly. Uh, you know, August has established themselves as a, a player in the smart lock space. They've entered the video. I, 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 guess, I guess the question is, have they? I mean, I don't know. Look at their Amazon. I mean, no, I'm saying I mean, they, they've established themselves as a brand who's raised a lot of money. But I mean, if you look on, 
Amazon and do what you kind of did and look at the different ones that are on there, I guess, you you know, you then start to see size. So you're saying, so if you kind of step back and look at them and you say, well, they're doing a lot less than you, do you think that, are you worried about them even uh, at all if they sell, start to sell the doorbell? I, I worry about everybody. Right. I worry about everybody and everything. Only the paranoid very, survive. <laughs> I, I sleep very little. Um, and I mean that, I mean, seriously, right, right. I, I do, I really do worry about everyone and everything. I think um, in our last conversation, you said, and I, th- this is self-described, you said, I'm a very, uh, I don't know if you call, called yourself an angry person, but you're just I, like, I, you're I, like an angry, you go, I'm an ag- angry and aggressive person. <laughs> I, I, and I, and I, and I am, and, and, and size has not ever changed that for me in terms of, you know, I, I am, I mean, I, I am very aggressive, very angry. I don't like to have, I don't like to win. I like to win so much that I don't even want anyone else to survive. So I, I, you know, <laughs> like, I don't want to be number one and oh, these guys are number two. Like I want it to be like, we're number one and there's not even a single person who can get into the market now. Like that's how, like, that's how aggressive I am. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, so I, yeah, so I worry about everyone. I, 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 I wouldn't say I look at everyone. I make it drives me to fight harder for us. Uh, we have a very, uh, we, you know, we have a sort of our railroad track is laid in the direction we're going in. And so we don't, we don't have competitors. Competitors don't change our direction. Um, they certainly fire me up more though. And they certainly worry me in terms of, you know, uh, you know, just having them impact us. But, but from a, how I actually fight in the market, is I just fight harder on what we're doing. I don't actually focus on them at all, any of them. And I know that, you know, you guys have a certain strategy. You very much, in, you know, have a strategy mind that you, you think is the, the playbook. And one of the things that you said um, is you don't necessarily want to um, integrate uh, with other apps very directly. You want people to always access this, the, the ring doorbell through your app, which to me is a very specific strategy. Yeah. But even if like, if you had like Comcast or like a, another big partner approach, you, you wouldn't necessarily let them access the ring doorbell through their app. So I won't, I won't say who has approached us directly because some of it is under NDA. Right. Some right. Of it's just kind of also just out of respect to, just company. Yeah, and I, I was just, I was throwing a hypothetical out there. Yeah. Uh, I'm no, sorry. No, no, but I'm just, so, so I just want to, when I answer, I just want to make sure that it doesn't sound bite itself. But, right, 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 right. But, but I will say we've had multiple extremely large companies, like the biggest, approach us. And we have said no to every single one of these deals, knowing that they're going to go to someone else. Uh, so it's not only, not only do I say no, but I know that by saying no, they're actually going to go to someone else. We don't think that becoming a, white label solution off of someone else's platform builds a the company that we're trying to build um or gets us to where we want to go so that that is you know with adt we were able to sort of reach a thing where adt sort of looked at what we're doing uh the brand etc and they decided that we could work together in terms of sort of on both of our terms and it, it worked um with some of the other ones you know they really wanted basically they wanted a ring doorbell but they wanted their name on it uh, and that's just, that literally is just not going to happen. So it sounds like you guys feel like it would be diluting the brand. Brand awareness would be diluted significantly. People wouldn't even think about Ring if they're using another app. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's that it's, um, you know, you then, I, I just don't know what you're building then as a company. You know, you're kind of, I guess you, you, in some ways, then you're almost starting to stand in between, you know, I'm not a manufacturer directly. I don't own factories. Um, on one side and then on the other side, I don't own the customer. So what, what do you own? Like you own some knowledge in between. Um, doesn't feel like a great place to be. Doesn't get us to where our goals are. 
um, doesn't build the company that I want to build. And so I look at it as my mission is to reduce crime in neighborhoods. How do I get there? What do I have to do to do that? And, and in order to do that, I need to control the experience. Are you trying to essentially do what Nest did, where they, you know, they had felt like they had enough market power where they can own it and people would come to them in a sense? Is that, is that, are you taking kind of a tip of the hat from them on that or, or you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, 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 I definitely, definitely see what you're saying. I mean, I think the works with Nest, I think our view is we will work. So we'll, we'll sort of release data into the cloud, obviously under, you know, through authorization and things like that. But, but basically if you look at it from the high level, we'll release data into the cloud um, and allow people to use that data and we'll use other people's data. And what I mean by that is like, if there's motion, we'll release as much metadata as everything else as we have about the motion so that another system like a wink or smart things or uh, Philips hue light can turn on or turn off automatically. Um, so I think working together with products in that way, where, where our data enhances another uh, company's products and enhances our overall customer experience is great. I think when you try to stick our, our product then inside of their app is where things get dicey because I don't think they can deliver them the customer experience that I want to deliver. They can't change it as fast as I want to deliver it. And so that's, that's where we sort of stop. And I think Nest, you know, Nest has gone in some interesting directions, but yeah, I think overall they're probably the closest to our way of thinking with that. And I think the the thing with Ness is they obviously had their own issues. <laughs> if you kind of read the recent history, so I don't think you can you can draw the too close a parallel. But I think from a strategy perspective, I'm seeing some of the parallels, irrespective of kind of the specific company dynamics. Yeah. I think each yeah. each each company has its own unique dynamics. Talk about the yeah. ADT a little bit because I know uh, that is you, you did have that relationship. They're obviously a big security provider. Does the ring branding survive within the ADT implementation? It I mean, like- the, the, you can't use the, you can't use ring and ADT without both apps. Uh, they work in, I think from a customer side, if you're a customer who doesn't know, you know, you're not sort of deep into how apps work and everything else. I think it's very much like how Facebook and Facebook messenger work. And if I ask my wife, and I, I don't mean it because she's a woman, I mean just because she's not into the app world and everything else, do you have two apps for Facebook? She would say no, but she actually does. Messenger and Facebook are two separate apps. They work together so nicely and are linked so nicely together that it, that, that kind of works. But it also allows for Messenger to be updated faster and vice versa. And so we're doing the same thing with ADT where we have some links in our stuff. They have some links in their stuff. They link back and forth very nicely it feels like one thing, but it actually isn't. It's, it's, it is the ring app and it is the ADT app. And is that kind of a, if we were kind of to look at, if you were to embrace more partnerships, cause ADT is obviously a good partnership. Um, it would be along the similar lines, kind of a seamless deep link integration, uh, between the two apps where you think it's one unified experience. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, like, like that. So, so, and that to me, I think that that's the future. I think it's what customers want. I think cu- what customers want, I think, is they want the best experience. And so I don't, the one app thing, I, you know, again, for if you look at Facebook and Messenger, here's like the largest, probably, I mean, one of the, it's got to be one of the most, you know, pervasive apps in the world. They broke their app into two. And so they're going the other way. And there's reasons to do it. Like, you know, for example, ADT now can update their experience very quickly and have the best experience for their customers. Ring can do the same without breaking each other. And so when you put everything together, you start to boil it down where you can't deliver the best experience because there's no way to keep all of those things updated. 
Let's talk about how you guys are selling. I mean, obviously, we just said we're living in Amazon's world. You're selling a lot online, but you guys are in like, I think, 11,000 retail locations. So how is, how is the brick and mortar experience working for you guys? And maybe what are some of the lessons learned? Cause I've, I've written a lot about brick and mortar and smart home. Um, I feel like something like the ring is probably an easier thing to do. Like kind of educate the consumer on with an end cap, but what are some of the things you're learning and how is retail doing for you? Uh, I think retail's doing well for us again, because I think we've been very good at, at showing the customer that or at telling the customer that we are not a technology we're a solution and so i think because of that it's it's a different way of thinking so when they see something and they say oh this is a solution for a problem i think that's it, it's just like a different sort of thing versus oh this is internet of things this is iot this is going to my phone and i think by by me you know i think that's one of the the great things that we've been able to do um and part of the reason we've been so successful in retail. I've been saying this about doorbells since I think probably 2014. It, um, I mean, it almost seemed like at first, like a lot of people in the smart home kind of snickered at it. But oh, to I, me, I, yeah. but to me, yeah. the idea was just so easy for consumers to get. It's like, okay, I have a video camera at my front door where everyone wants to know who's there. Like literally no one doesn't want to know who's knocking at the door. And even when you're at when you're at work, right? You want to know who's there. I actually use mine. I've used mine when I was on vacation, and my mother-in-law was watching my kids just to communicate with my kids. So, I, you know, it's kind of funny how just people were laughing at the concept, but it was just such an obvious thing to me that consumers would get it, and this would be something they'd probably want. I mean, the snickering thing just brings me back to like literally, like I just can't tell you how many people who now have way smaller companies than we do were doing things that they just felt. Uh, we're so much smarter and better than we were. And, you know, I, you know, definitely had the, like, well, you're just making a doorbell. We're doing a blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, there's something that like has never sold more than like one unit anywhere now. Um, and so it is kind of, uh, I think it was so obvious. And so um, I think it was just so obvious that pe- people, a lot of times the simple solution doesn't attract people to it because it feels too easy or too simple. And it's not that this is easy, but I think the the idea of it is easy. So let's put ourselves back in 2014 because we were both kind of following it. Obviously, you were living it. Yep. 2014, you, you, you want to go big in the smart home. You're kind of trying – 2013 as well. You're trying to be the platform. Like you're trying to be the thing that you could pitch your VC deck to venture capitalists. Everyone's going to build around you. They're going to kind of build your platform. That was the thing back then. And that's why they're snickering at you because you just had this point solution that is like, it's like a one thing does it, does it very well. It's not the Swiss army knife. And what we found out is consumers don't get the Swiss army knife when it comes to like really complex smart home technology. Yeah. They get, the thing that does one thing really well, well, you communicate the value to them. Like, hey, you can see your front door of this. And, and you know, that it, it is funny because it, it does bring me back to then when I used to, every reporter I met with, every person I met with, they're basically their first thing to me was, uh, you know, what's like, how do you put everything together? How do you do this? You know, what's the, and it was, it was wink. It was smart things. It was all these things. And it was like, the consumer wants all this stuff together. And I was just saying, Mm, I, I don't think they do actually like I'm talking to consumers. I'm out there selling it. I'm out there with my screwdriver. I installed probably 500 of the first ones that were ever made on customers houses. I talked to them. They didn't ask me for lights and locks and all this stuff. They, they liked the point, you know, they were solving a problem and they bought a product to do it. So 
have you gone back? Uh, at some point, have you talked to Mark Cuban um, or any of the folks from Shark Tank who passed on you um, and had that conversation? Like, because you're killing it now, but have you had the conversation with well, these guys? The, the best, I mean, the best line from Cuban was something like, you know, you know, basically like, I need, if I'm going to invest in something, it's got to be a hundred million dollar company. And like, I don't see how this gets to that. And, and, and obviously we're, we're way over that at this point. So I think that's funny. I did actually meet, um, uh, Damon, uh, on when I was on home shopping network, he was on home shopping network at the same time. And, uh, so we actually like met in like the green room and we spoke about it and, you know, it, it was definitely kind of interesting. I mean, there, you know, there, there's a, there is a side of shark tank that is a TV show, but I will say they're very happy that their show has helped. And it has like people like me to succeed regardless of if they've invested or not. Um, and so he was just as happy that we succeeded, I think. And I, I, it, it was kind of interesting. It wasn't like the normal investor says, Oh man, I can't believe I missed that one. It was like so great and so great that we were able to help you get there, which they did. And so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. And I don't say that in like a snarky way, yeah. like, Oh, they passed on you guys. Ha ha on them. It's like the shark tank is a platform unto itself for just companies to pitch. And, and it's just one of those where, you know, they passed on you that day. They may not in another context. Um, if they're sitting in Silicon Valley, you came in and pitched them. They may have had more opportunities without the cameras on, you know, and they may have invested sure. in you guys. Right. So I think there's a unique Absolutely. dynamic to the pitch there. Um, and even when they pass on you, I th- because they all obviously are doing well, they're not, they're not mad about it. Yes. Um, I think that's, I, and, and yeah, I mean, again, they have to make their kind of decision within, you know, 12 minutes and they really don't have any background on me or anything else. And so, yeah, I think that is a, you know, that's, that's a big, you know, it's a big difference. I mean, that's, uh, so, so I, th- I think it is, but it, but it was, you know, it's, I mean, the, the, the reality of Shark Tank and looking back now still, if we were not on Shark Tank, we would have never, ever succeeded because it gave me the extra cash to basically build the ring concept. I mean, not just the brand, but the entire sort of reworking and retooling of the company that was funded by the sales that I got from, from appearing on Shark Tank. Yeah. And I don't know if like everyone gets this. I'm just kind of a Shark Tank junkie and I'm kind of a nerd about VC stuff. (laughs) But like, even if you don't get the offer, right, you're, you're still preparing your website, you know, weeks in advance for the deluge of traffic uh, even if you don't get the offer, right? Cause so like, it's just like you get your 15 minute free national infomercial that's going to continue to broadcast and reruns over and over. It, it, there's just, it's just a different world. I, I, it's, it's, uh, yeah, the credibility and awareness you get from being on that show is so big. I mean, just to put it in perspective, a 30 second advertisement during that show is $250,000 to buy. You are on the show for 12 minutes. So that's 24 or 30 second commercials, basically. <laughs> right. So you're talking about, you know, at least $5 million of TV time you're getting at a minimum. And it's not just TV time because it's not bought. It's actually credibility because you yeah. were chosen to be on there. So it's like you just you cannot even buy that. So it, it, at a minimum, it's a $5 million sort of advertisement given to you for free. Yeah. And, and people who think about content, we know that native av- native content or kind of like if it's advertising, it's much better than just the 30 second ads are just swatted in. So, and yeah. you guys aren't even really an ad. I mean, it, technically you're part of the, the, the native content. Yeah. So, but I'm saying if, if you just look at it as yeah. TV airtime, right, like, right. It's, it's, it's a huge it's value. Basically 500,000 Ex- a minute during that time. Uh, exactly. So, you know, so that's six million dollars that I got just that they just gave me an airtime. So yeah, it's 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 incredible. I mean, it's an incredible show, and it's 
it's done incredible things for people like me. That's for sure. So I think you alluded to like the five year plan. Um, you know, you guys, uh, have, uh, gotten investment. You, you kind of have this bigger vision. What's, can you give us a hint of what's the five year plan is maybe? So, it's a, so it's a, I actually was on with someone the other day and they kept asking all these different questions. And I said, I finally said, I feel bad answering you with the same boring answer, but the truth is it's all about reducing crime in neighborhoods. That's it. It's not like a fancy plan. It's not a special plan. It doesn't have like crazy this or crazy that. Um, it's about building that out. And obviously there's a lot of things that then go into the back of that from a product side, from a software side, from how we want to do things. But that really is just our plan. Or, you know, the plan is around reducing crime in neighborhoods and that's the next five, 10, and even 15 years. So that, that's, that's kind of the business we're in. Right. A year, a year ago or so I wrote about, uh, I think it was spur, spurred by an article or, or some notice of like a Google patent about like a, a basically a neighborhood tying neighborhood watch to like internet of things. And so when I started writing about this, then I realized that the neighborhood watch program, like there's actually a national association. They're actually working on doing basically nationwide kind of neighborhood wide alerts based on if there's an incident that happens near a house, the, the entire neighborhood would be alerted. So t- you obviously are thinking about this. So yeah. And in some ways, in some ways we're just building it, you know, like, 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 you know, I think there's, there's definitely obviously a lot of chatter around about that. And there's things like next door and all, you know, there's lots of things out there. Um, I think we're one part of that and we're just building it. I mean, we're building, we have hundreds and hundreds of thousands of cameras in the neighborhood that are being used to share data on next door to right now today. I mean, there's probably 50 or a hundred videos that were shared on next door today about things happening in a neighborhood taken off of a ring camera. But is it it's ta- it's a consumer making the conscious decision? Um, could there be another kind of level where there's alerts or something happening, then kind of notifies the neighborhood network, or does it have to be kind of like one of these scenarios where it's there's a video shared on a social network? I think I think for sure we'll get deeper into it. I, I we will always though try to use uh what's available so for example there's next door next door is a great platform for that so we don't need to rebuild next door um i think what we want to do is make next door work better with us you know and us work better with next door so i think that's the that's what that's how we kind of look at it hey well jamie this has been a great catch-up man and this has been a pretty interesting space to watch so uh, thanks for coming on the show I hope, I hope we stay interesting and in a year or two can uh can even look back on this and not believe where we were today and where we'll be hopefully then don't change your name, though. We want to come back and talk to you. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, I think after buying Ring.com, I think we're uh, probably going to stick with Ring for now. All right. Hey, thanks, Jamie. Hey, thanks a lot. Jamie's an interesting guy, I'd say. Intense. Part of the reason he's been so successful. You can find out more about them at Ring.com. Like I said, we're going to have another podcast this week, so tune back in. Let me know what you want to hear about. Any news items I should be following or talking about on Twitter. Find me at Michael Wolf on Twitter. That's it for now. We'll talk to you soon.